0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe.
1: Hey, true believers and serial sudsers. I'm your host, Lucretia Lyon, and I have Jen Bishop from Diagnosis Daytime, aka Soap Jen, on Twitter with me, remotely, of course. So we try to cure the General Hospital blues. Our country's diagnosis may be another month of quarantine, but for General Hospital, the prescription is simple. More love in the afternoon. I'll quit with the hospital puns now and get to the episode. Stat. to believe in soap operas. I'm your host Lucretia Lyon and with me today I have Jen Bishop from Diagnosis Daytime. How you doing Jen? I'm good.
0: How are you
1: doing Lucretia? Pretty good. Yeah you know staying sane and uh, as we were just discussing before we got on mic how like social media has sort of been the saving grace in all of this. Finally a good use for it. I mean because that's the only way I know you.
0: Yeah same here it's kind of a nice way to kind of keep me from feeling so lonely since I'm stuck at home by myself right now. So it's a great tool and I was just funny too, like my mom uses it all the time now too, so it's awesome
1: yeah and that and that's the beauty of it is for those of us that are alone at home i'm lucky i happen to be in texas or else if i'd been in la i would have been in a tiny apartment all by myself but uh, i have friends there that they you know live alone so we've been actually having long phone chats we're learning a new use for our phones you know new is in (laughs) no one used it in the last 10 years but actually just calling and chatting and that's what's great about the podcast too is that you know, I do two different podcasts and it gives me like an hour or so to talk to another human being like we used to in person.
0: Yeah, I think we're kind of becoming a little bit more social here and I think it's interesting. Like, you kind of, I took a lot for granted, anyways, you know, because I, I am one of those people that's perfectly fine being on myself and being an individual and stuff like that. And I, I'm just introverted enough that I don't have to be around people all the time, but. I really miss it, you know, now just, and not just, like, the, the conversations and everything, but just, you know, seeing someone and going out and being in public and stuff, but hopefully
1: not too much longer. Yeah, that's why, you know, because as I've said, I'm like, we're going to run out of general hospital episodes if it goes on too much longer. <laughs> and,
0: I think we are. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do like that they've switched it so that there's now a, a flashback episode on Fridays. I think that was a more news uh they extended it. I don't she extended it quite a bit, I
1: think more than people realize. Yeah, yeah, that was clever on their part to do flashback Fridays to extend it like and give you just one a week. And I know the Young and the Restless, I think, was doing that as well. And you're just seeing a lot more people do what we've honestly been talking about this podcast since it started was like they need to show classic episodes to get people interested and you know maybe kind of get people interested and maybe new people coming back because that was one thing I wanted to talk about is the the ratings and just how much they surged because that was what we were going to wonder with most of the country at home this last week how did the soaps fare and yeah they pretty well all had an uptick so yeah the Bold and the Beautiful and General Hospital both posted their best numbers in two years. And Days drew the strongest ratings in more than a year. And since y and has always been number one, it surged an 11-month high. Yeah, and wh- I mean, that's, that's awesome for them.
0: I think it's great. And hopefully they keep some of those numbers and stuff. But we all have to go back to the office.
1: Yeah, because that's the thing is I, you know, even when this all started to begin, I'm like, this is a, would be a good time for soaps. I really hope it works out. And that's another reason to show these flashback episodes. And maybe that's what they finally thought is you have a lot of people who are home and they're bored and they're looking for something to do. And they probably at some point in their life watched one of these four shows. And how great would it be for them to turn on and see something they recognize, whether it be the flashback episodes or more of the veteran characters that they know. And for the most part, the soap seemed to be doing a good job with that, and that's probably why. Like, you know, Bold and Beautiful just celebrated its thirty third anniversary last week, and it had like three point sixty six million viewers for that. But GH, I know, drew two hundred and fifty million. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, I
0: think it was cool they showed their anniversary episode on Friday from last year. And um, honestly, unfortunately, I didn't see what this year looks like. Um, I don't know if they just because of the timing was some stuff getting pushed back with the, the trial and stuff, that it would be hard to time that type of an episode just right. But um, it was nice to see last year's because I thought last year's episode was actually very cute.
1: Um, oh yeah, because I'm a big Scotty like fan, so I'm like that one was yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah
0: so. Do you think that like um I liked what Wine r did though, where they showed um, Victor and Nikki's first wedding. Do you think that soap should go more that rather showing like the the really old classic episodes or' more of like the yes, the flashback Fridays where it's not only like a year or two old or maybe something more recent.
1: I think they need a mix, like, you know, because, like you say, that that was a really good episode and showed a lot of history, so that one made sense, and the fact that it was just a year old was just sort of irrelevant, because it was about, you know, the Baldwins and Gale and and stuff like that, so that, that was a good choice, but say just some random episode, like with the Wiley reveal, I don't think that would fit with General Hospital, but... I do think that maybe, you know, as I was discussing with Perry Shin, how, like, the Asian Quarter storyline with Anna and Robert, you know, what a great time that would bring to bring up because, you know, Brad was part of the Wu Triad. He was uh, Kim's son. They revealed that when Ron was the writer, but they never really brought it back up.
0: You know, that would be so cool because, for one thing, um, you know, he's just had her, her anniversary. Yeah a lot in that story and like you said the whole thing with Brad they did make that connection many years ago and haven't really played and a lot of us were saying there was this Wiley reveal and with the kind of um, mobster stuff coming up that would have been a really good mobster story to have to have kind of the Romeo and Juliet aspect with Lucas and Brad with her doing mobster families and stuff like that and that would have been so much fun for people. And I think, you know, maybe showing these classic episodes might be a good way to kind of test out, you know, hey, should we revisit this and, and stuff like that and kind of get a feel of what fans are looking for in the future and stuff like that for other stories. I do have to say, though, I was disappointed because I went on Hulu this morning and they did not have the classic episodes of Bishop Friday
1: on it. Yeah, I was a little disappointed in that. I'm kind of wondering if maybe it's not on the ABC app. And I need to check the CBS one because that's something I forgot to do this morning to see if the classic episode had popped up on there. As a rule, those tend to do that on CBS All Access. But with Hulu, yeah, I was a little disappointed because I wanted to watch that episode again. But I remember it because, again, it had been so fresh on your mind. But that is kind of the drawback is, like, if those classic episodes air, for those of us who watch online because we don't have cable, would we still get them somehow? But yeah, like you say, the Asian Quarter storyline was just a huge huge missed opportunity but there's no reason they couldn't do that now like when they come back i mean it would be interesting if brad brought up in prison like with something in to, to do with the Wu triad and that kind of comes apart and maybe this is how he redeems himself with lucas because you know lucas is part of the corinthos family in a way as well as the drums, obviously yeah i mean
0: lucas knows that he's connected to, to that family but i don't know if the family i was sorry. Basically because they're Brad. Brad knows. So I don't know if um, the Wu family knows that Brad is one of their members or not. You know, there hasn't been that interaction. So it would be interesting if like, they all of a sudden found out that, you know, Brad, who's one of their own, is in prison. And he's in there because of somebody threatening him. And then they get upset and they hire their fancy lawyers and do whatever tricky, skinny thing that they do to pull Cyrus basically and get him out of prison and then you have some that conflict and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I think that people would really enjoy that. I love the actors that they got to play Cyrus.
1: Yeah he's and, great.
0: Yeah but there isn't that connection there and I mean they could even connect Cyrus to the Luke clan
1: too. Yeah that would be the good because this is a way to bring it in and I, that's why I was like He really would have been a great Anthony Sakara too. If the other actor didn't want to come back, I'm like, we could have done a lot with Cyrus, but who knows? Like we say, there's no reason they can't add on as they've done in the past. Like, oh yeah, this is how we get the Asian Quarter storyline back with the Wu triad and everything, because they're connected. Because I I know that drugs really is Cyrus's thing, but not so much some of the other mobs in the past. But, you know, things change.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they could do something really interesting there. Um, I think, you know, I have some kind of conflicting feelings about the like, current love story. Um, I think it's cool that they, you know, there's some action and adventure going on here. But it's kind of a downer. Um, yeah, I, I do think that it's probably the best story that they've written for Jordan for a while. But Jordan's not a particularly likable character. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... I love that there's some diversity going on in TH right now, and I, I even, like, um, in an old article, kind of, well, multiple old articles how they should play that more. but I, I think Jordan's not the character I would have focused on. Um, yeah. He's just not very likable, and, and this isn't helping, so I, I don't know if, it, if my mind will change later on, but I just, I feel like she, she comes off very callous, and instead of Strong, and I think the trying to write her as being kind of strong and powerful and tough, but it just comes off very cold and unfeeling. And you know, sometimes the strongest thing somebody can do is let themselves have some emotions and, and be compassionate. And I'm just not quite getting. I haven't gone that far at all.
1: Yeah, and that's why it's kind of hard to find her as the sympathetic character here. Especially, like, and to me, it's almost like they're not even writing that. So, it's not like an acting thing. I mean, she's written as sort of callous and not really putting herself where she should be and making poor decisions, which is crazy since she's the police commissioner. But, yeah, like, you know, her throwing that all on Molly. I mean, I do get why she did it to sort of protect TJ and get Molly out of there and so Molly doesn't, you know stir things up and everything and was it a little childish in a way sure but you know she's wondering what's up and she's you know concerned too and putting it out in a different way but the difference is she's like 20 and jordan is an adult and and the mother of this this guy so it's like okay why are you acting like that and it's like even with the ryan chamberlain storyline Jordan's character was not really sympathetic. She didn't seem to care about Franco and his family, just like she didn't care about Molly here.
0: And- if you want to like, make people really turn on the character, make them do something bad to cute little Ada, and there yeah. you go. <laughs> I mean, that was sad.
1: Oh, poor Aiden. I know. Like I love the Frizz kids. <laughs> and I think we're both fans of the couple. And it's nice to see them get storylines, but it's like, okay, why why are we why are we always in a downer? They're cute. Let's have a nice like adventure with them. Yeah, in
0: fact, I do feel like a lot of things have kind of been cleaned up with with um G H recently. Um, you know, there's it's watchable and stuff like that. Um but I do kind of feel like it's a little too dark still. Um, and I'm okay with dark stories, but you have to balance it out and kind of give us some lightness and some hope. I, I feel like what's really missing right now from General Hospital is hope. And I think that's something the audience really needs right now. And, yeah, while they were writing these current storylines, they didn't know that we were going to have a country yeah. be in the middle of pandemic now. But, you know, when they were writing in those, those things were pretty in our country so God, if you would have recognized what we needed then then we would be getting
1: what we needed now so yeah and like you say it's not like they had any idea this was going to be happening and gh always tends to to me do a better good job of balancing like funny and dark because there's always going to be that dark mob element but then you have bright spots there's just not enough because I love characters like Lucy and Scotty that are just kind of fun. And, you know, we've gotten some meteor material with Scotty this year, which is great because Ken Shriner can really bring it. But, like, as a rule, he's fun. And that's why I like, you know, Franco and stuff like that because he's a, a more of a fun character. And despite some of, you know, the darker storylines are involved, but... We have Nicholas and Ava as well and in the mix there, who are fun. So putting them together is great. Let's just hope that it doesn't turn dark as well. Yeah, I have kind of um, you know what, Storyline was
0: one that I was really looking forward to and stuff. And it hasn't gotten a lot of screen time. Yeah, that, like, I think that's
1: that the really biggest got, problem, yeah. Yeah,
0: despite how it really got kind of, wrote it I felt like at the beginning of the year pretty heavy and then we just you know nothing really happened with it and I feel like they've kind of um you know I thought like this should have been a really fun story and I feel like they've kind of felt like the stuff with the money problems that's depressing and plus it doesn't make sense because yeah we know that we know they don't have money problems
1: yeah, it's yeah. like they forgot something that literally happened, like, in the last two years, wasn't it? When Franco got all that money from his art and, like, used it to yeah. help Kiki through medical school as well as put money back for Liz's kids. Yeah,
0: they have money. I mean, yeah. they're, they're not the type to, like, you know, spend it all and stuff like that. Yeah, they it.
1: both they have can't. decent jobs. Yeah. And while there's, like, you know, the kids, it, they live in a modest house that didn't Jason buy it? <laughs> like... I hate you to talk bring about
0: that, that up. House that blew up and then the insurance in that house. Yeah. technically it goes
1: for it. But. Yeah. Yeah, it is one of those yeah. things they 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 have pretty like, you know, reasonable means why would they not have money? <laughs> like Yeah, well, and you kind
0: of you know it seems like they're doing some cutting up of that story because um, like I don't know if you read the just regularly or not, but if you read the recap in the magazines, they don't match up, like, um, recently they said that in the recaps in the magazine that Nick was supposed to pay for Cameron's therapy because they are so poor and can't, don't have insurance, apparently, which is stupid, and that never happened. Yeah. And they also, you know, and there's other little things like that that haven't happened, so I almost wonder, you know, sometimes when stories start to stall, you know, and become repetitive what it really means is that the writers are rewriting. So I almost wonder if that's what's happening. I don't know. But I thought this would have been really a fun, light story if they would have played up the comedy element of it. But, you know, they should have had Chris over at Windermere having a dinner party with Neva, and Neva acting weird and then being like, what are you doing? And it could have been really fun. But, I, yeah, it's just and I hope it still is, eventually. Yeah. You know, eventually the first story that we
1: should be getting from it. Yeah, because like you say, everybody involved—you'd like there's a history there, and it would just be fun and interesting and not mob-related. But it what's funny to me, like you said, that came up, and that may explain sort of why the the storyline like has had that lull. Maybe they would wrote that, but decided that maybe it wasn't the best way to go, so they scrapped it and are looking to kind of give it a breather before they pick it back up in a different direction because. I'm starting to think that they listen to social media now. It wasn't always the case, but I I see a lot of other shows sort of take to heart because it's like, you know, give the people what they want and they'll keep coming back. I mean, and you don't always, you know, placate people. It's here or there, but there is something to be said about if you can fix stuff before it goes out or if you see CP- it's not working, change it. It's fine. Yeah,
0: you know, I agree. I feel like, um, I think that they are paying attention. I mean, it's, there's so many different opinions out there and stuff like that. I mean, there's people that have like 10 different accounts that tweet yeah. the same exact I mean, multiple times and stuff like that that you have to kind of watch out for. But I think that it's a really good story to just kind of get a quick feel of like, okay, do people like this or, you know, what, what are their expectations and stuff like that. And you don't ever, ever want to like to the audience you know you want yeah. the, the readers to be confident in their stories and be like okay I think you know if they wait this out they're going to get a payoff and stuff but you know the audience is also your customers and they're the ones investing and you want to make sure they get a return on, on their investment and that they are happy with what they're getting so that they tell their friends and they're not bad. There's there's definitely
1: that balancing act that they have to do. Yeah, like, that's what it is. It's a balancing act of, like, how much do you want to listen to people? Because it's not necessarily the best representation of what all the audience wants. It's just the most vocal. But yeah, when you start to see things like, you know, ratings and stuff, it's a, a lot of factors with things that they look at to see whether they want to go here or there or, you know. As we say, I know everybody keeps talking about this, so I want your opinion. Vincent Irizarry on General Hospital is David Hayward. Even Soaps in Depth was talking about it this week with Vincent. Yeah, even he's like, there would be great to bring David Hayward into General Hospital because he has this history with Anna Devin. I mean, on all my children, they had a child that died. <laughs>
0: that would be an awesome story. Uh, he was great with Sonoma, and, you know, I think the general hospital needs more hospital characters. I feel like every time they bring in a character that's not in the hospital, it's just like, that's not the gap you need to fill in, you know? Um, so I think he would just add to that. He would fit the, the show so well because he is a doctor, you know, and he is kind of a bit mischievous and stuff like that and has done some wild things like I think he was raising the dead and stuff like that on all my children. So there's a lot of fun things they could do with the character. Um plus it would be kinda of interesting story I think for Anna because Anna's gotten some pretty bad story like clients recently know
1: been talking about the Peter, Peter yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like everybody hates Peter and I feel bad for Wes Ramsey though because it is it's not all his fault it's just like the character just has not worked and you know there's a lot of factors involved and it's just funny to me to see that I, I don't see anyone singing Peter's praises <laughs>
0: yeah I you know, and that's one of the things where I'm kind of like, are they the things of social media, or are they not? Because yeah, I mean, when you have Anna Devine, who's this hugely popular character, when you have her hands pissed off, if you've done something wrong. You need to fix it.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and this story has been, has been going on for years now, and it's not moved an inch. And so it's kind of like, you know, you got to kind of start wrapping things up and moving it in a completely different direction fast. And so maybe they could bring, like, David Cadeworth back to kind of fix some of that up. You know, he could come in and he could be a rival for Finn, you know, so that you have Anna in the middle of a love triangle. And then he could, you know, and you have Robert there there's So, you know, Anna's a hot chick. She's going to have guys interested and, oh yeah. You know, he could maybe reveal that you know it's Alex that's behind this, and that Peter's not really her son, and they could do a lot of really interesting stuff there. Yeah. You know, he could maybe even bring up some. Of dead characters like Georgie or somebody who you like, you
1: know? Yeah, that's the thing, is David's most known for bringing literally everyone you could think of back from the dead on All My Children towards the end there. <laughs> and like you say, there's a lot of dead characters that we'd love to see again, like Georgie being one of them, or Emily. And, you know, what better person to have around than David Hayward? Because unlike, you know, say, Faison in that clinic, David is likable and could be a romantic lead. Like you say, he could work in a love triangle with Anna and Finn. And it'd be interesting to know, like, you know, Finn's a doctor too. Maybe they've crossed paths because that would be an interesting tidbit that they, you know, know things about each other because it's not like Finn's always been squeaky clean either. But yeah, David is just such a complex character and Vincent has been on all the soaps except General Hospital. And like we say, there's this history plus it's Fanola's what, thirty third anniversary? What a great time to bring this and then again, could tie all into the Asian corner storyline. <laughs> there's so many times. Yeah. It time. would, yeah. would be so much fun and I think,
0: you know, that's kind of that's really what PH needs to do more of, is have fun and, you know, have Hopeful, fun storylines. Yeah. They can be a little bit dark. I mean, David Hayworth is a little bit dark. He brings people back from the dead, but he's dark
1: in a fun way. Yeah, because remember, Libido Zone? That was like one of the funniest things in all my children. <laughs> know that one, what happened with oh that. so david drugged like an entire party boat and i don't think he intentionally did it or it was like not supposed to be as bad because i i don't remember him being like you know i think he drank some too so it was sort of an accident but it was like libido zone and it was basically made everyone really horny on the boat so a lot of accidental oh. hookups and just hilarity ensued and i was like that was a funny storyline and the fact that they called it libido <laughs> zone
0: <laughs> you know that's another thing to- Oh You know, party in the Hamptons that goes on.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be hysterical because yeah, they've got a lot of sexy men on this show and women. So why are we not getting more? Like it, it is supposed to be love in the afternoon, right? I mean, we have Nicholas back and he's not gotten any. <laughs> That's just weird to me. I know It, it has always sexes on the show. Well, not all
0: of them, because some of our getters the way it would have, but you yeah. have quite a few ex-lovers on the show right now, and so far all that he's done is gotten um, slapped around and cut
1: down. <laughs> yeah, but like, maybe I, he likes he, that. <laughs> yeah, he might be into that.
0: He might be the dark friend and he's a cat design, so maybe for him, that's, you know, good enough, but yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting that they haven't done anything a little bit more sexier with his character. Um I wanted Nick and Ava together. Me too. Time. Yeah, I've yeah. seen on the plane. So I'm very excited that they have Nick back. I, I do feel like they need to kind of, um, I guess the sexiness of the story a little bit more with them. Um, because they do have good cams. Um, You know, and it's when, to you know, we, we cast them such a positive of their own stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely want to see them, you know, kind of get captured in their own game here where they're trying to throw each other at other people, but they really end up less and in after each other. And yeah. Like, to that point,
1: they just do it, you know. Yeah, it's very dangerous liaisons and, you know, game playing, but then it turns more into a romantic comedy at the end. That'd be fun with them, because, yeah, I really like Marcus and I think he has good chemistry with Maura West, who's, like, the queen.
0: Yeah, I think they look really cute together and they have great chemistry and I'm hoping that they bring Spencer back, whether it's too yeah. fast or faster, because I think he's a lot better for the team scene than Dev is. Um, they should just leave Dev gone. Um, you know, he was too much like Oscar who I didn't like.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and he's not needed. I mean, we have, they've got in all this fake family for him. And, you know, like there's these other characters that didn't have any family that people actually like. And it's like, what are you doing? But yeah, I would keep him gone, bring Spencer back in, and then you've got, um, they can even try and do like a bit of a, you know, romantically complicated story or whatever, with, as much as they can with teenagers, of course, with Josh. Yeah. i um, because Spencer could like her, and then you have this clash between Nick and Ava and Carly and Sonny and stuff so they could do something
1: fun with that. Yeah, very Shakespearean almost like with the teenagers because, you know, I really (laughs) like Trina and Cameron and Joss. I think all the young little actors there, Eden, William, Sydney, they're just all so great and that's why, you know, I do feel bad for Dev because we just don't know where he fits into that. These other characters seem to just click and like you say, maybe bringing Spencer into the mix would really sort of change that dynamic some and like there's the conflict there with the Ava and Nick and Sonny and Carly and all that. So it so it does make sense and would be, yeah, you know, like I say, very Shakespearean and something that it wouldn't be hard to do and people would be interested because yeah, I'm far more invested in the teen scene than I am the twenty somethings. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah.
0: You know that oh, Michael
1: yeah, Michael makes sense. And I like, I think Chase. Chase is actually my favorite of them because Josh Swickard is really great. And I think that he's often the voice of reason in this group. And, and he just does such a good job. And if they're not going to go with Chase and Michael, we need to sort of liven this up a little bit. I like yeah. Sasha and I feel like she doesn't really take up too much time. But I almost think that Willow is the love child of Sonny and Jason as much screen time as we've had with this character. I'm like, wait, what's happening? <laughs>
0: It deserved to be fired because she was letting her kids be bullied and tortured and stuff. You know, she did not do enough there, so she was kind of unlikable in that story. Yeah. And then she was in that stupid sex cult story, which was just awful and took up way too much time. And then she, had, she was in the baby Wiley story, got the Avery and now she's, you know, probably going to end up marrying Michael, which I don't know why. Any jury would see her as a a great catch, that she's a sex cult groupie, you know, and a bad teacher that's concerned, and all this stuff, you know, and her mom's in jail and everything. I mean, I would think Sasha, even though Sasha may have manipulated the situation about with Nina but so I would think she would be the better catch because
1: yeah I agree I think she's a good person and I don't think that Willow's not per se but her character's been a little inconsistent to me but like you say a lot of it's because we've had her involved in so many different storylines that it's hard to keep up and I almost feel like she's getting the treatment of like Babe Chandler on All My Children and how that was where it was hard to like Babe because there was too much flip-flopping and there was a lot of decision that didn't that they were told we're good and she's the paragon of goodness and all that but we didn't necessarily see that in the character on screen and that kind of always bugs me too it's sort of like when they do prop up sunny and jason and and stuff like that and i'm like well no i mean they kill people okay like you know just give them what for like if you like them you like them if you don't you don't but let's not let's not make stuff up okay we can all see And I think that's a lot with the Willow character is that there's too much there that we don't really see on screen that they talk about and it's kind of odd to me. Because, like you say, the fact that she was heavily involved with Wiley to begin with was confusing and not really what you're supposed to be doing. I've never given up a kid for adoption, so I don't know how that's supposed to feel. I'm not going to pretend to, but when you give kids up for adoption, usually it is sort of up to the parents and things about your visitation. But they were almost sort of forced into that situation, and that never sat right with me and felt odd.
0: Yeah, it was... The, the way they've done it, it's kind of been like she was more important than other people. Yeah. In a way, and that made her less sympathetic for me because, you know, when, when she is, you know, it, it was. I thought that um, the actress Caitlin did a really good job when will we had her breakdown when she realized that it was her son that died. Yeah, that and was that great. Hers. She did a great job with that, but I kind of feel like, you know, when that came, that point came up, you know, I was like, oh, they're getting but while you're feeling like, oh, gosh, I do not
1: want
0: to, I don't want to see her cry over it anymore because she's been doing that the whole time. Now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've been kind of, I was really disappointed
1: in the Wiley reveal. Yeah, it was, because, <laughs> it was all about like, Carly. <laughs> oh,
0: my gosh. Well, here's the thing. Um, I used to really, really like Carly, and I don't so much anymore. And she's kind of got the same problem with as Jason and Sunny do where, um, she's doing all this horrible stuff and then we're being told, no, she's perfect, she's great, she's the hero. And the thing is, I know that those characters are popular and stuff, yeah. but I don't think that the Sunny, Jason and Carly characters and Sam characters are going to get well, Sam Sam's going to probably that's a whole other issue, but um, <laughs> I don't think the fans are going to get upset if somebody called them out. I mean, I don't think that Carly fans were like, oh, I can't wait till, like, this story becomes about Carly. I don't think they were all like, oh, I can't wait until Portia and Carly become friends and Carly bashes the through. I, I think that's the reason why these characters are popular is because back in the day they were allowed to have these flaws and to work through them and be called out and be human, you know? Yeah, and they'll be,
1: like, yeah. perfect. And that's sort of what made you like them in the beginning, but part of what's made them unlikable now. Because, like... My favorite characters are people like Ava and Franco and, you know, some of the veterans like Scotty and Kevin. And you have, like, Nicholas, who's literally been, since he's gotten back, slapped around (laughs) because he's being (laughs) called out on this crap. And that's why you like them. Or, like, you know, Valentine's descent with Nina leaving him and everything for a much more boring (laughs) relationship. But it is one of those things that we're seeing them fall, and that's what we like is they're up, they're down, they're great. Sonny, Carly, Sam, Jason, you know, although Sam's certainly been giving the treatment now, but it's a little too little too late and we just like her even less. But it's one of those things that they never really face any consequences. And I will say Sonny with the his dad storyline has been really great. I think that they do well together and this is a hard so he's one of the characters that's doing a little bit better on here rather than you know used to be the worst about them just being like Sonny's the greatest nothing happens to him everything else goes down but not him but I think that with this storyline we're seeing a little difference in Sonny but like you say Carly is the one that it's like oh she's the best and I love Laura Wright and I love Carly in a way where she amuses me with her narcissism, and how she. Does doesn't see herself. <laughs> but it's still frustrating to be like, why aren't other people saying that she's crazy? <laughs>
0: well like the thing where she like, you know, up on the roof and stuff, okay, no a no bitch. know, probably might have you know, some people are probably very against by that. You yeah. Know. But and the same thing as kind like Curly did was really really wrong. I mean she basically took away someone's much rice, which yeah. she done before. But she also left so many up on the roof where they could have frozen to death it's kind of like you almost know, killed somebody and you took away some parental rights
1: yeah you're not the hero you know. here
0: <laughs> yeah. and if they would have played it like she wasn't the hero but she didn't care it would have been great but they missed that element you know if michael or someone would have been like carly you need to back off oh, and that wasn't right she could have died and that's I hate her, but that's still
1: not okay to do. Yeah, which Elizabeth kind of got a little bit like she cared and was just like, yeah, what happened? Like... But they didn't even let Elizabeth speak, and Chase, who's usually the voice of reason, didn't even seem to care, and and that's what bugged me. Is it almost made sense for everybody else because everyone else is scared of Carly, except Monica. But you see, Monica and Bo- the fact that they made it Monica and Bobby working together to do it sort of made it okay for me, just because I was like, okay, that was a little history nod. But the thing is, is for Monica not to say anything about didn't they do this shit to? <laughs> that was what was weird and i'm like okay and now we're getting chase involved he's better than you people <laughs> yeah and,
0: you know i think i would i feel like chase would still be like you know you guys did something illegal and i think you should tell them yeah if there was a better way to do this but yeah they kind of missed the mark with that for me and, and again that could have been something fun if they would have done some of this other stuff like you know probably would have been
1: like, okay, I know I did something really
0: horrible, but I don't care. Yeah. I mean... Which she did. She did something bad, but that she doesn't care, that would have
1: been cool. Yeah, and like I say, the biggest problem is not so much she did that and, you know, doesn't care, because that's fitting of the character. It's that what's wrong with these characters sometimes is how everyone else around them is made worse for being around them (laughs) and going (laughs) along with them and not saying anything. Um. Makes sense, but you know, I, mean, I guess so- that's realistic <laughs> uh,
0: Yeah, I guess it does make
1: sense that yeah. way but- and, and I do say that that's one thing General Hospital has kind of always been consistent with Is being a little bit more realistic in the way that Yeah, sadly, a, a lot of people are going to just believe people like Carly and Sonny And go along with they're the greatest when they're not I mean, you see with the way that we are now a little bit more out in the open and less private you're seeing a lot of people kind of show their true selves in social media and stuff like that so people now have the power of public opinion and it can go one way or another which that's sort of what general hospital has always shown it's like you're either gonna like this person or hate this person and whatever people say is what the average will go with about them and that's sort of where they get their popularity but just like on the show, people could have done the same thing. But, you know, I hate to use any real world examples. It's sort of like Letterman versus Bill O'Reilly basically did the exact same thing. But people like one and they don't like the other. So it had two completely different interpretations. And that's what General Hospital does. Carly and Ava, not that different. But they like one and they don't like the other on the show.
0: <laughs> you don't have to return. That people are either Team Carly or Team Ava. And I think it's really cool that like, Wright and Marla—they're such good friends, though, too. and, stuff. Yeah. and, and people said you know, it, it hasn't gone like how the, the rivalry between Liz and Sam, which still continues, people give it a rest, but
1: oh I know and I mean there's not really competition at this point but and it's one of those things that all women have been ruined by Jason except Carly
0: yeah, yeah but I mean it hasn't gone to the point where like more fans are attacking more or more fans are attacking more it's just a really kind of I think I mean you can tell actors have fun with and they enjoy working together and the rivalry like you said it's very much so how you see it and everything so it's, it's a good rivalry Jason ruins everybody, but it would have been kind of cool if a relationship or friendship or something developed between Jason and Steve, I think. Yeah, that
1: was a major missed opportunity. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but that goes back to the Carly can't have real competition. I mean, even with her son. I mean, it's like, and that is realistic. Like I say, it's a good representation, but yeah making Jason and Ava friends since she saved his life would have been a conflict and would have been interesting and Maura and Steve have chemistry and it's fun but I guess they just weren't ready to go there but who knows again they can always pick this stuff back up and the thing with like like you say seeing Maura and Laura love hanging out and that's what the beauty of social media does and I think it's sort of put To bed, a lot of rivalries that people get in their head because they don't always separate the actor and the character. But yeah, that's what I like about General Hospital and a lot of the actors on social media is they show that they're having fun. So even if we're not necessarily enjoying one thing or another, we can always take stock in that. And I think it does sort of take the pressure off to be always thrilled with it. And like you say, these are characters on a show. You can like one, not like the other. I mean, rivalries are a little bit childish, (laughs) like in real life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like can realize a lot of the stuff would not get blown up as much as it did, though, too, I feel like, you know, like, I don't like, well, I do like most of my coworkers, but I've been in positions where I haven't, you know, yeah. don't like throwing stuff at each other, and you just, <laughs> you deal, deal with them and stuff like that. But it, it's very real life, but it's an exaggeration of it.
1: It's always like a heightened reality, as I put it. But those are the shows I like, even in like sitcoms and things like that. I much prefer like a Community and How I Met Your Mother and Scrubs, to stuff like The Office. That's a little bit more grounded in reality. You
0: know, I'm the same way too. Like I started, I've gotten addicted to the show Prodigal Fun on Fox, and it's not that it's because it's you know true crime or yeah, or like interesting as it explores serial killers and, and stuff like that it's because the characters are so over the top and fun like you've got like the main character who has night terrors so he has like cheating and stuff to the bed at night and you know he's got a pet bird and You know, he still sees his childhood therapist and all these lackey stuff. And, like,
1: his mom is kind of a cross. Yeah, his mom is my favorite character. Actually, both of his parents. (laughs) I watch Prodigal Son. So, yeah, me and my my mom got me into it. And it's a Greg Berlanti show. Because she kept talking about it. And I'm like, I don't know. And then I'm like, oh, no, it's Berlanti. And (laughs) you have all these great (laughs) actors on it. Yeah, I want to watch this.
0: Yeah, but it's not like, this. It's, it's different than, like, CSI and NCIS, which are wildly popular shows, yeah. and you can watch them on um, reruns all over, but, you know, there's, I'm a little bit more attached to
1: the characters on this because of it, I think. Yeah, like, I that was another reason, like, I liked Criminal Minds, too. So, like, I like those shows that are like that, or SVU, because I, I love Stabler, and, you know, it just wasn't the same when he left, but now we've got a spinoff with Christopher Maloney, who I just love. But yeah, it shows like that, I'm drawn in for the characters. I don't necessarily... Like, a crime drama is a crime drama. You're not looking for something... And even though I think Prodigal Son and Criminal Minds, what drew them is like, it's sort of a different take than your typical. Just the same way with Lucifer or Castle. You know, you have a lot of these shows that are like that. But what draws you in is the characters. And that's essentially what a lot of soap is. Like, you know, the drama is just cut and paste here or there. I mean, and it can be written well or not. But... It's the characters that bring you into everything. And then Bell Me on you know, and Michael Sheen. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, people are definitely watching because of the characters and because of the actors and everything. It's, you know, I feel like that, that is so important for the writers to be aware of that, too. That, you know, like, you know, certain characters need to be written a certain way. And I think that's why Dan is kind of being so poorly written now is because She's been on the show for a while, and she's kind of taken so many different variations and stuff, and I don't feel like these writers have, a hand. the current writing team has a handle on who she is or who they want her to be right now, and, I man, if you're a fan right now, it really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I, I don't know, I mean, you can kind of tell the actress isn't happy. I don't want to put any words in her mouth or anything like that or speak for her, but That comes across, too, and so it's just, it's not fun to watch her stories right now.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing sometimes, is we have no idea what goes on behind the scenes, even if we think we do, but, you know, some people, you know, may just want to change, and whether it's a direction on the show or off the show, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people, you know, it's that whole separation between real and real Mm -hmm. that you mentioned earlier, where I think a lot of people kind of, sometimes, especially if they're bored with us on the show, they start to, like, make up the soap opera behind the scenes, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, some of the, some of the stuff they come up with is pretty entertaining and well, but I'm also kind of like, yeah, no. <laughs> That's not what's going on. But nice try, and that was a really cool story. Bro, you
1: know, yeah, and I, you know, had no idea. Like, you'd read that on the internet because uh, I'm a voyeur, of course, and would read things, pe- what people think goes on behind the scenes, and you just don't really realize how far off they are until it's about you. I mean, we would do those after Buzz TV after shows, and people would make up conflicts between us, and we're like, wow, no, that's not at all true. Like, we're like best friends. <laughs> and I'm like, well, know- so people really funny. have oh <laughs> yeah it's so yeah. funny oh that is weird So I guess you guys are kind of like a soap opera there for a while for a <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're a it's very meta we're a soap opera and a soap opera and a soap opera <laughs> but alright I think we've chatted about everything going on in Port Charles and more this week is there anything else you want to add you
0: well know, I think we kind of took care of it all but yeah you know I'm glad the show's doing well I mean watch it every day so uh I hope other people and that they enjoy even the stuff I'm not enjoying and stuff. But, yeah, I, I can't wait till you know, they're back into production again and that we get some new stories going and stuff like that. And, like, Emma Peter story, please. You know, the writers, <laughs> I would <listen. laughs> end it. Stop
1: it. We're done. <laughs> yeah, like, and I kind of hope that we get a nurse's ball or something like it this year because we could really all use a pick-me-up. I mean... I, I love the nurse's ball and look forward to it every year.
0: <laughs> Same here. Yeah. I hope that they were just, I believe they were just about to film it. Before yeah. When they had this collection. So I hope they pick right up with that when they start again. We might not see it until like much later, but I think it's, people definitely need kind of that fun moment. You're being pre dresses and singing and everything. I mean, it does get a little campy and cheesy, but it's always fun to watch.
1: Yeah, like, they used to do a lot of, like, karaoke stuff, and I, because re- I remember when Brooklyn was, like, last on the show, there was a lot of little karaoke, because I always love Bradford as Spinelli. He does a great karaoke, and, like, when Patrick and Robin, it was just a fun time back then when they did a lot of that, so I, I kind of like that they've made a nod to it here or there, but let's see it. <laughs> yeah, can yeah, I,
0: um, join am The a is so that just Brooklyn, can she sing?
1: I don't know, because, like, I recognize Amanda from a lot of stuff, because most notably One Life to Live, she was on there, and she was great, and then the Mindy Project, I've never heard her sing, so maybe, maybe she can, I mean, they, they can do a lot of stuff, she's not Jennifer Hudson, fine, like, <laughs> most people in Hollywood can carry a tune, though, so. They can auto-tune or um, you yeah.
0: know, I, I don't care if they do her, if they have to go her either, but... So she is playing at singer, so I feel like at some
1: point we have to hear her sing. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems weird always, like, cutting away. Like, it's kind of funny to me. It's kind of like in those shows where they, um... Like, they used to do it on, like, Angel and Duffy all the time, where someone would
0: start to cuss and be like, oh, shit, and then they'd cut away. Yeah. Like
1: that. Yeah, it almost feels like that. It's like it's something we're not supposed to hear. And I'm like, why? Because, like, her contract? I don't know. (laughs) Like...
0: Maybe they were saving it for the nurse's ball. Maybe yeah. That's, something worth it
1: then. that's why we have to have it now. <laughs> yep. So I guess that's it as we went on our little nurse's ball tangent there. Where can they keep up the conversation with you, Jen, if they want to find you on social media? Oh, my uh, I have stuff, Jen, and I definitely like
0: talking to people, so go ahead and tweet me if you want to get my thoughts on anything. And this was great. I appreciate you inviting me. Patricia.
1: Yeah, thank you. I know we always like to tweet back and forth and you have thoughts on soap, so, and I would love to connect with other soap fans that are a little bit soap-pressed because you also have Diagnosis Daytime, correct? Yeah. Cool. So yeah, I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys, so you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And stay tuned for a short, sweet fact check this week. Alright, short and sweet as promised since I didn't make a lot of factual errors this time. But I did blank on the name of the actor who played Anthony Sakara on General Hospital and that was Hill Street Blues actor Bruce Weitz. When I think of that, I can only think of that kick-ass theme song. Hill Street Blues, I got those Hill Street Blues. Fun fact within a fact check, that's not actually the Hill Street Blues theme song. There are no lyrics. That's just a joke from Family Guy. But speaking of facts, the Flashback Friday episodes for the Young and the Restless and General Hospital can be found online. The CBS All Access app does have the Victor and Nikki wedding and hopefully all the subsequent flashback episodes for the Young and the Restless and the ABC app and abc.com as well, where they keep a lot of that same stuff. Just unfortunately not on Hulu at this time, but that may change. But ABC, I know, is free. But the CBS All Access app does require the subscription. So, good news, bad news. And I said it was Fanola Hughes' 33rd anniversary with General Hospital. Actually, it was her 35th. And she's still going strong. While we may not always enjoy Anna's current storyline, Fanola just kicks butt. I brought up the Libido Zone storyline from All My Children with Dr. David Hayward. And that is one of my favorite storylines of all time because it was just... So utterly ridiculous. I mean, the fact that the drug itself was even called libido zone was funny to begin with. But yeah, this was all the way back in November of 2000. So it was like sweeps month. So you knew they'd do something crazy. But this was at Ryan Lavery's party for his company, Incredible Dreams, which I don't even remember that. I had to look it up, but I knew it was a boat party. Of course, David, who was always a little bit obsessed with Dixie and Tad was his main rival. You know, Michael E. Knight and Dixie is Katie Mc McLean, who's married to John Lindstrom, Kevin on General Hospital. All this has big ties on General Hospital right now, which is why we we need David, but I've said that how many times? I'll get back to libido zone. But yeah, David planned to drug Tad's drink so that he would cheat on Dixie, but he ended up spiking the entire punch bowl with libido zone. So everyone at the party, which included most people in Pine Valley, sampled the punch and were just, uh, for lack of a better term, just horny and it w- it was amusing because it was a Various age groups. So that's always fun. Like Adam literally promising Lies of the Moon. <laughs> and then you had Jake and Jillian and Jack and Erica. And Ryan told all the party guests to get naked. <laughs> but yeah, so this is one of David's most notorious moments because it was so funny. Not really one of his more dastardly deeds, but one of the worst parts about Lovito Zone and that incident was when Haley, you know, Kelly Rippa and Mark and Suelo's Mateo, they were together and Haley found someone in Mateo's bed, her own mother. So that was messed up and led to like a, you know, a possible murder mystery and everything. But Arlene, spoiler alert, turned out to be fine after that. But I digress, so that, that is the story of the libido zone, and what a great time, like we said, to bring that to the haunted star. David could really rank up the Love in the Afternoon, or lust <laughs> if it's the libido zone. Amanda Seton plays Brooklyn on General Hospital, and she played Kimberly Andrews on One Life to Live. She was also a regular on Hawaii 50, or what I like to call NCIS Hawaii, because that's what it seems like to me, except for the kick-ass theme song again. No 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 no. If you guys haven't noticed, I really love theme songs. It is literally the theme song of this show is a mashup of all the soap ones, or at least a significant number of the soaps on in the 90s. But again, I digress. Amanda has been in several things. Like I said, the mini project, one of my favorite shows. And she also was on the short-lived CBS comedy with Sarah Michelle Geller and Robin Williams, one of his last things, The Crazy Ones. So yeah, if you can find that, again, I believe, like a lot of other stuff, it's on that CBS All Access app. It's something to check out. It was cute. But yeah, like I said, short and sweet. So that is it for the fact check this week, guys. I will see you on Thursday. <laughs>